Thank you, brother. Appreciate that report. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. I had hoped that we'd have 150 here this morning. But I'm like Brother Billy. He said, he said, if I go out there and preach only for the souls of men and nobody gets saved, said I'll be disappointed. But he said, if I just preach my message for the glory of God, if nobody moves, I'll still get a blessing out of it. So that's what we want to feel like this morning. And it's a sad verse in the Bible, but the Lord said there would be few find it. And that's sad. I wish, I wish the Lord said there'd been many, but he didn't say that. He said there'd be a few. And uh, I'm glad you're here. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing today. Brother Bell's already mentioned the Lord did uh, raise from the dead on the first day of the week. And I'm glad he did. And Paul said, if he raised not from the dead, then our faith is in vain. Let's drink, uh, eat, drink, and be merry. For tomorrow we die. But he did rise from the dead. And so we want to take him under consideration. We want to take under consideration the fact that he raised for our justification. Now, let me say this in passing. Uh, He raised and... He went back to heaven and he's now on the right hand of the Father to make intercession for the saints. That's why you can't be lost if you get born again. Because he's continually up there on his mediatorial throne making intercession for believers. And when a believer sins, God don't like it. But God don't throw you out. See? But because we got a good mediator and he mediates for our sins as saved people. Now, if you've never been born again, he's not mediating for you yet. He's calling you. Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest to your souls. See? So, <clears throat> I just wanted to say that in passing. i am uh, got to confess to you, I'm a little bit at a, a dilemma this morning. Uh, I, I know that you've, those that you've kept up with me, I've got down to chapter 7 of the book of Romans, but <clears throat> I believe the Lord would want me to, uh, in the book of Romans, do what we might call uh, a summary of what we've covered. A summary of what we've covered. Because in chapter 7, Paul shifts gears a little bit doctrinally. And I'd like to take time, if the Lord lets me live, when I get there to deal with that. Because he's going to deal, he's going to deal with a man and a woman in a marriage. And, and when I get there, I want to deal with that. And because there are some problems among Baptists on marriage and double marriage and what the Bible says about uh, uh, what Christians ought to do in that situation... And I want to deal with that, I think, when I get there. But today, I want to deal, I want to go back over the book of Romans. Uh, the first six chapters, uh, I may not hit all of them. And I, and I want to just uh, recap what the Bible has taught us so far in the book of Romans. Now, as we've already said, and I will be repeating myself, so I hope you won't throw me out for that. As I've already said, the book of Romans was written to the church at Rome. 
Now, the church at Rome at that time was a Christian church. And my wife and I discussed that a little bit this week. And the Christian church at Rome, given time, given time, given time, morphed into idolatry, uh, 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 morphed into another gospel. They morphed into irregular churches, one of the writers called it in the Bible histories. And uh, I, that's not my lesson today, but I just want to tell you that. And, uh, and so that's why the apostles, all several of them, and I believe if I, my memory serves me correctly, six apostles wrote books in the New Testament. And most all of them were warning about church era. Church era. And, and churches can go into era. See? I mean, I've known churches that, that even in my lifetime started out pretty good, looked like, and uh, something happened in there. You know, either uh, uh, one of the main members went haywire, or they called a pastor that, that didn't believe in this, didn't believe in that, maybe didn't believe in the King James Bible, and went to use the NIV. You know of anybody like that? I've known of people like that. So, so I'll say that to say that people do move doctrinally. Now I hope, and Paul, Paul and James and Peter hoped that we would move up and not move down. But some churches move down. And that's evident from history and it's evident from the warnings that these brethren gave us. All right. So Romans was written to them and, and uh, I've already told you more than once Roman is Roman. The book of Romans is my favorite book in the Bible because it is so plain. It is so plain of who God is. It's so plain of who man is. And it's so plain uh, how we get to heaven. You know, the Bible tells us who we are, where we come from, where we're going when we pass from here. And that's the only place you'll get that from a standpoint of truth is in the Bible. Now, I know men have wrote books and mountains of books and, and just books and books and books, and, and, uh, but 95% of the books written by men is, is got philosophy in it. Some of it's good philosophy. I concede to that. But some of it is, is not according to the Scripture. Some of it is how Dr. Bottlestopper sees things, and sometimes that's not according, don't line up the Bible too good, in my opinion. All right, the book, book of Romans. I'd like to start back in Romans chapter 1, and I would like for you to look with me, if you would, to verse 14. Verse 14, Romans 1, 14. Paul says, I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise, so that as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also the Greek. Now I want you to notice there in verse 16, Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Now, when you were young, it might have been that you had some shameness of the gospel. It might have been that you were fearful of those around you. But as we grow up, we have to get bold and we get to have to get 
where we're not ashamed of the gospel. I mean, I'm, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And, uh, you know, uh, if you do anything for the Lord, if you go from house to house inviting people to church and you give them any part of the gospel or you hand out tracts or whatever your, whatever your work for the Lord is, for you have to steal yourself on the gospel. Now, what is the gospel? Well, basically, the Bible, uh, if you look that up in the dictionary, gospel means good news. See? And, and a lot of people, they go out and say, let me give you the good news. Let me give you the good news. And that's good. But for mortal man, we need the bad news first. Are you still with me? You need the bad news first. And the bad news is that we were born in sin. And God hates sin. Now, hang with me here. God loves men, but he hates sin. See, so what did God do about it? Did God, God's not up in heaven uh, sitting back there on his throne saying, well, I, I didn't think things would get out of hand. I didn't think it'd help like this. God knows what will happen. And so God is going to deal with sin. <coughs> now, blessed be God who has put off the punishment of sin as far as wrath goes. See, right now, God is not in a wrathful mode to creation. But he's going to be. And why do we teach a God of wrath? Because God hates sin. See, when Adam sinned, God said, don't sin, don't eat of that tree. He did. And for that sin, now in the humanistic mind, it seems like that was a very minor uh, uh, crime. Might call it in America a misdemeanor. In our mind. But in God's mind, it was not. So that means God hates small sins. And I, and I hear people every once in a while say, well, so-and-so told a little white lie. Well, in God's realm, there's no such thing as a white lie. Right. Uh, the book of Revelation says, all liars shall have their part in the flake of fire. That's what Revelation said. Right. All liars. So that means white liars, black liars, and blue liars. Man. You see what I mean? <clears throat> so that's what God hates. Now, Somebody said, well, we're all guilty, aren't we? Yes, we're all guilty. Did you ever tell your mama a lie? Did you ever tell your daddy a lie? My mom would start with me at that razor strap, and she said, did you do this? Every time, I'd say no. Why? Because I wanted to avoid punishment. See? But I was lying. Why did I do that? Because it was Adam's nature. See? I mean, when God said... Uh, uh, in the garden when he cast them out. He said, Adam, how come you do what I told you not to do? He said, it's a woman's fault. He turned to her and he said, Eve, how come you do what I told you all not to do? She said, it's a snake's fault. See, and that's our nature. That's our nature. We still do it. Now, you may not carry it to extreme, but you think about it, don't you? All the time. Why do we do that? That's our nature. That's our nature. See? But it don't matter what our physical nature is. God still don't like it. So God said, 
the sin, he that sinneth <coughs> uh, shall die. See, and that's what Adam did. Now God told Adam, said, on the day that you eat thereof, thou shalt surely die. And the, and the, and the Satan come along and said, you won't surely die. God knows on the day you eat of that, you'll become as God. You'll know everything. And there was an element of truth in that. See, they did know some things. But, but, but God was not happy with sin. And so, <coughs> so we see that God placed death upon sin. Uh, 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 death brings forth sin to the human race. And so that's what we got here. Come on in. <clears throat> so I want to, I want to, so as I read in verse, verse 16 here, uh, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation uh, uh, to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also the Greek. Okay, now who, now who is it, <clears throat> who is it salvation to? Is it to everybody? No, it's to whosoever believeth. See, so that puts the, go- the ball in my court. That puts the ball in your court. So it depends on what you do with Christ. See, a lot of people say, well, uh, today's the day he resurrected, and, uh, and we believe it probably was uh, on, the, on the Jewish calendar. But he rose from the grave, as I said a while ago, for justification. Now let me say something, and be careful here, because I'm going to jump a creek. I, I saw in the news where some church up in North Oklahoma City, they're taking times, but getting on a wooden cross and holding on to a lever. And, and, I, and I want to say this. Now, they got a right to do that. They got liberty to do that. But as far as God's concerned, that's mockery. Because Jesus didn't hang there like this. He hung there like that. And, and can I submit this to you? He also had no clothes on. Now, I know when you see him, see a picture of Jesus on the cross, they got a veil around him, and I'm glad they do that. If you're going to paint that, you need to clothe him. But, he, but when you read the scripture... It was a shame what he went forth to on Calvary's cross to die for me and you. Now, Jesus didn't die for his sins. He died for mine and yours. See, you say, well, how come him to die for me? Because we're sinners. I'm glad you asked that. Let's turn over to chapter 3 of Romans. Chapter 3 of Romans. And let's let's look at verse 10. Verse 10. That is written, there's none righteous, no, not one. Wait a minute. Is that in the Bible, Mr. Pollard? That's in the Bible. There's none righteous, no, not one. Now, that means God looked down and he didn't see anybody worthy to be saved. I mean, on our own merit. On our own merit, we weren't worthy. See? But God... And, and, and so God concluded all under sin. That's what God did. Now, wait a minute. Let me stop right here and say something. Who is God? Well, God is not an old man back over in a corner with a beard back down to here and saying, I don't, I, 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 I've lost control. I just don't know what I'm going to do. 
That's not who God is. God is the very God. God is, and Brother Bale's been teaching us on this, God is from everlasting to everlasting. That means there's no beginning and no ending of God. He's forever. He's been forever. And He's going to continue forever. See? Why? Because He's powerful enough to do it. Me and you are not. We're not going to last forever. Man born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble, Job said. And that's who we are. See, if the, if the Lord stays his coming, I'm going to cemetery. They're going to put me in a box, I'm going to cemetery. You are too. See, why? Well, it's point under man wants to die. And after this, the judgment. Not only are we going to cemetery and die, we're going to judgment. See, and I want to visit that just a moment. There's a very philosophy today going around in the world that, uh, <clears throat> that at judgment, God will put us all there and he's got a big set of scales and he'll put your good on one side and, and your bad on another side and if your good outweighs your bad, you'll go to heaven. That's not in the Bible anywhere. That's not in the Bible anywhere. The Bible don't ever teach that. See, the Bible teaches like I read right here. There's none good, no, not one. And if we would go to Psalms 39, David said in there, uh, uh, David said in there, man is best states altogether vanity. See? So when God looks down, now I'm not talking about what your mama thinks about you or what your daddy thinks about you or what your cousin thinks about you. I'm talking about what God thinks about us. Me and you both. I'm included too. See? So, so, so we see here, there's none good, no, not one. There's none righteous, no, not one. There's none in understanding. There's none that seeketh after God. You know, men, now men, and I want to address that just a minute. How do you seek God? How do you seek God today? You say, well, I'm going out here in the woods, and, and I'm going to hear the birds hollering, and, 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 and I believe that's God. No, that's not God. That's God's creation. Now you can enjoy the woods and you can enjoy the birds singing, but that's not God. That's what God created. And I'm glad he did. See, but you seek God with all your heart. That's how we seek God. You see what I mean? Now I've already read to you, there's none righteous, no, not one. So that means we, when we appear before God, we are not going to be holy. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Get to that in just a minute. All right. They are all gone out of the way. They are to together become unprofitable. There's none that doeth good, no, not one. Again, I'm not judging you. I'm not trying to be a judge. I'm just telling you what the judge said. See? I mean, you wouldn't want to come down here to church and me tell you a lie, would you? I mean, come over here and say... Well, you, in your natural state, you're a pretty good feller, and God's a good, a good man upstairs, so I think he'll be, you'll be all right with him. And there's a lot of that philosophy going on. Don't let that carry you away, because that is not in God's Word. And remember, God's Word, Jesus said the words that I speak to you, they will judge you at the last days. So the Word is going to judge, not what Dr. Bottle Stopper said. The Word. The Word's going to judge me. The Word's going to judge you. What did God really say? See? Let's read on. 
Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they've used deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips. Do you have a media at your house, for instance, a TV, where you get the newscast? Do you think there's any deceit on what they say? Huh? Of course there is. Where did they get that? They got that from their fallen nature. They got from Adam. See? All right. Verse 14. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace have they not known. There's no fear of God before their eyes. And oh, my goodness. My, my brothers and sisters, do I see that. I even see that. There's no... See? What's he say? What's he say? No fear of God. See, most people, and I've met some people, and they tell me this: me and God's good buddies. We got a good thing going. Now, what they're saying is, if there is a God, when I get over to judgment, He's going to do good because He's a good God, and that means He He includes me. God is sovereign. God does not depend on me and you. He's going to last. When I die, He's still going to be God. And I got news for you. When you die, He's still going to be God. You see what I mean? You see what I mean? So what we're telling you this morning is that all of sin, see, like I said, I'll get to that. All right. There's no fear. They don't fear God. What, what does, does the Bible address that in the Old Testament? What does the Bible say about the fear of the Lord? It said the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. See? When you find out how lost you are and how good, how great God is, fear will come on you. And I hope it does. You say, well, I didn't come down here to get insulted. I'm not trying to insult you. I'm just telling you what the Word of God said. See, we're going to meet this in judgment. I'm going to meet it. You're going to meet it. What are you going to do with it down here? So you've got time now to deal with it. All right? Now we know that whatsoever, what things soever the law saith, it saith them that under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Not before me. You're not guilty before me. I'm not a judge. But we're all guilty before God. See, I've done say it. God's forever and ever. God knows everything. David said he knows my thoughts from afar off. See, God knows what you thought four years ago. To the, he, precisely. He does. He does really know that. That's what the Bible teaches. But there's another attribute of God. God is holy, holy, holy. All moral goodness and all spiritual goodness Came from God. Didn't come from me. Didn't come from my daddy and mama. Come from God. See? And God, another, another attribute of God, He's merciful. Amen. I, mean, I mean, He's not saying this. He's not saying this. Uh, so, so we will have uh, 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 worries. And so, and so we might wonder what's going on. He's just telling us what we are. You see what I mean? But, but, he goes on here now. Let me, 
Therefore, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. What did that say? What did that say? I mean, I've heard people say, well, I give $25 to the Red Cross. I helped a lady with her grocery bill. That's good. That is good. That's good. We're not against that. But it won't get you to heaven. You say, Mr. Pollard, why not? Because the Bible says it won't. See? The Bible says it won't. Right? Okay. By the deeds of the law. What was the law? What did the law, what's some of the things that the law said? Well, the law is given to us morally in what we call the Ten Commandments. Now, the Ten Commandments is not all the law, but it was the focus of the moral law. See, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not commit adultery. See, they just go on, 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 on. So, well, Mr. Pollard, I, I've kept some of them. Well, I know, but, but uh, uh, James said, He that breaketh one has broken them all in the sight of God. Not in my sight. Not in my sight. In his sight. He's broken them all. You see what I mean? So that what? All the world may become guilty before me? No. Before God. See? And you say, well, I come down here and that's bad news. You're right, that's bad news. But you hang on. I got some good news. You hang on. The Bible's got some good news. See? Now let me finish this. All right? But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. What did that verse say? They that do good things? No. They that believe. They that believe. All right? Yes. Upon all them that believe, for there is no difference, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, all there means everybody. means all men, all women, all kids. See? Now, kids don't go to hell. We, we, they, they reach what the Bible calls an age of responsibility. And I don't know where that is. God knows. See? But when you find out in your, in your heart, and God will let you know that it's wrong to do certain things that you have a practice, then, then that's your conscience awakening to let you know. And when you get to that stage, you're guilty before God. Not before me. All the world may become guilty. All the world may become guilty. Everybody. That's who God is. He's that great. You mean, you mean God don't need anybody? God don't need anything. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. See? He don't need anything. But he wants something. He wants your worship. That's what he wants. He wants your worship. See? But it's got to be by the faith of Jesus Christ. All right, I, I kept telling you I'm going to give you some good news. I am going to give you some good news. I want to turn to John chapter 3 here just a minute and see what that tells us. John chapter 3. And let's read in there a little bit. John chapter 3. 
Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I know I've given you some bad news, but it's Bible. John chapter 3. All right? Look at, look at verse uh, 14. Look at verse 14 if you have your Bible. Hope you got a King James uh, 15, 11, 16, 11 uh, uh, kind of Bible. Okay, verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. What did that verse say? Somebody that done good works? Somebody that paid all their debts? Somebody that was good to his neighbor? What did that say? Huh? Let's repeat it. Verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. How precious is everlasting life to you? Would you like to have everlasting life? Huh? You can't buy it. God just wants to give it to you. He just wants to give it to you free of charge. But, but now listen to me. If you haven't heard anything I said, listen to this. You've got to get everlasting life God's way. You can't get it my way. You can't get it your way. You've got to get it God's way. It's a gift. He wants to give you everlasting life. All right? Verse 17. For God sent not into uh, His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him, through Him, through Him might be saved. Saved from what, Mr. Pollard? Saved from wrath to come. Saved from wrath. God's going to pour out wrath. A while ago, you know, I said, point unto man wants to die after this, the judgment. That's right. Everybody's going to die and everybody's going to judgment before God. And God's going to judge me and He's going to judge you according to this word. Not according to what some philosopher told you. Them people that says, them doctors that's got three PhDs and said, oh, 40 billion years ago, them stars up there, they just have, they come out of a little amoeba and it just took so long, so long, so long. Finally, they're in them stars. Don't you believe a word of that? I don't care how many degrees they got. God put them stars up there and Job says God named them. See, that's how great God is. He not only knows how many is up there, but He knows their name. That's how big God is. See, now that big, big God wants to save me and you. But you got to do it His way. You can't just have a philosophy and say, well, I think God will accept this. Why don't we read in here? See what God will accept. That's what I'm doing this morning. All right. Verse 18. He that believeth on him, that's on Jesus, is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. See? You don't have to go rob a bank. You don't have to go machine gun 14 people uh, uh, to be condemned. Because we're condemned already. Well, what condemns us, Mr. Pollard? Our sins. Them little white lies we told. Those times when we took God's name in vain. Thou shalt not take the Lord thy God's name in vain. For he that takes the Lord's God in, uh, name in vain, he shall not hold him guiltless. That means I'm going to give account for it. You're going to give account for it. All right? <clears throat> because he hath 
He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. See? You say, Mr. Pollard, are you telling me what I can have eternal life by believing on Jesus Christ? You certainly can. But you've got to believe it right. You can't believe it just historically. So, well, I was raised, my mom and daddy taught me about Jesus all my life, and I know about That's good. But the book of Hebrews said, he that cometh God must believe that he is. Most people in America is already there. But that's not the end of the verse. See, and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Have you ever diligently sought to God, the Lord, with all your heart? Huh? That's where you find God. Seek him with your heart. <coughs> First thing you got to do is say, God, I'm guilty. I've tried to hide behind some of the good works, but I know that you know all about me. And he does. And I've already read to you. See? He that believeth on him. Okay? And this is condemnation that light is come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. And everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest the deeds should be reproved. See? My flesh... Your flesh, we don't like to be reproved, do we? But God sends His Holy Ghost to reprove me of sin. Why? Because God hates me? No, because God wants me to correct it. God wants me to do something about it. He wants me to, to repentance towards God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. That's what, the, the, that's what Paul and Silas told the jailer. Thou shalt be saved in thy house. And, and that's what it's about. And, and if I could just get over to the to fact, the folks around me, and I don't say this looking down on you. I don't say this, uh, you're down here and I'm way up here. No, I'm down here and you're up here. But let me say this. God loves sinners. But he don't love your sin. See? And Jesus Christ died to wash us, wash our sins away. See? Brother Isaiah says, when God saw the travail of Jesus' soul on the cross, a lot of that's being preached today, he was satisfied. That means Jesus paid your price. God let him do it. And God accepts that. You say, another man paid for me? He did. Not only did he pay for us, he loved us and gave himself for us. Yes. That's right. See? All right. <laughs> but he that doth, doth truth cometh to the light that his deeds may be manifest that they are wrought in God. All right. Now skip down with me to verse 36. In chapter 3 of John. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. That's a pretty serious verse. See, I don't believe anybody in this building wants the wrath of God to abide on you. Because when I read that book of Revelation, it still scares me, and I ain't even going there. Man, there's some terrible things coming. Terrible things coming on this old earth. Now, there's been some terrible things also, 
And you say, well, Mr. Potter, what is that? That's the wrath of God. See, that's the wrath of God. Now, God has poured out His temporary wrath before, like the flood of Noah. How come God, how come God to send the flood in Noah's day? Huh? Because people turned Him away. Nobody believed in God, but Noah and his, and his uh, wife and three sons and their wife. So God sent a flood to show people He meant business. Sodom and Gomorrah, they were practicing uh, homosexual practices in there all over together. And, and he, sent, he sent some angels down there to find out if there was ten righteous people in that town. And they were, he couldn't even find ten. So they got justified men out of there. Praise God. See, if you get justified, God won't burn you up. Lot wasn't even living right, but he was justified. Now, angels said, I can't burn this out down until I get you out of here. Right. In Oklahoma language, that's what he said. Go read it. Right. While, he, while he lingered, I grabbed him and said, I can't burn this place down until I get you out of here. Man, that's secure the believer. Man. I love it. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not glad he burnt the city up, but he did. See? So the wrath of God is real. God's wrath is on them that don't trust him. And my time is out, but let me close this morning by saying, I want to repeat what I just read. For God so loved the world. See, God don't hate you. God loves you. He loves you so much he sent his son to die on Calvary's cross. and He stayed in the grave three days and three nights and raised that Easter morning. And we believe that. Now rabbits had nothing to do with it. You see what I mean? God did something. He raised Jesus up. And he raised him from the dead. And Paul said he raised him for our justification. Now then, when you get saved, born again, and the Bible says, believe with your heart. Confession with your mouth unto salvation. See, be sure when you believe, you scram it on down into your heart. Say, oh God, here I am. I'm a sinner. I'm against you. Please save me for Jesus' sake. And I don't, I'm not putting words in your mouth, but I'm just telling you, that's the kind of attitude I had to have. And I believe that's the kind of attitude you've got to have. So, <clears throat> so let me say in closing uh, that God wants to save you, but you must experience the new birth. And if I'd have read the first of this, this chapter, he'd have said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. Nicodemus said, how can I go to my mother's womb again? Go to the maternity ward. Jesus said, it's a spiritual birth. You've been, that which is born of the spirit of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. So you need a spiritual birth. See? And God, God bothers you about it to let you know. See? One man said, one man told me, said, when I come down there, I don't feel too good. I said, well, uh, sir, we're glad you come, but if you'll get right with God, then you'll feel good. I got people down there that hollers, and I got people down there that, 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 that enjoys God's word. See? And why don't everybody? Why don't everybody? God, God, gives, the, God gives the invitation to everybody. Whosoever will, let him come and take the water of life freely. Freely! Freely! Don't cost you anything. Freely! All right, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, listening to me. I, I want to say again, 
I didn't mean to talk down to anybody. I didn't mean to, I, I, I didn't mean to insult you. That's not my lesson. But I just tell you what God said about me and you. And you just, and so you let God deal with you uh, spiritually, and you must be born again spiritually. Thank you for being here. We we welcome our visitors. We hope and pray that that uh, that we have been a blessing to you, and that's what we want to do is be a blessing to you. All right, everybody that's got your Bible, raise your hand. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Thank you. And if you didn't bring your Bible, we're not insulting you. We just keep a record of it. Thank you very much for listening to me.